All right, hello and welcome to the Bean Talking with Peak Performers podcast. I'm Tim Beanland and on this show we talk to peak performers in their field so you can then go perform at your best. Just before I start this show, I want to talk to you guys about an initiative that I've started and that is producing podcasts for business owners and people to want their own amazing show and amazing marketing content on the back end of that. A little bit more about that at the end of the show, but for now, let's get into our guest for today and that is Zachary Babcock. Zachary came from spending five years in prison to then building a six-figure business business. He's an absolutely inspirational guy. He knows a lot about getting a business up and running, growing a personal brand and building passive income in different revenue streams. He's a really amazing person to talk to. He's amassed an amazing following on Instagram and TikTok. So he's a fantastic guy to talk to. I really enjoyed this conversation with Zachary. I hope you guys will get a lot of value from it. So let's get into the show and let's go. Zachary, thank you so much for coming on the Bean Talking with Peak Performers podcast. Um, really, really cool to have you here. Um, you're a guy that has an incredible backstory, um, been through some adversity, some hard times, bit of time in prison, um, but you turned that around for what um, used to be this story of someone that could go that way and just deep dive their whole life but you came out back end um, started a few businesses and now you're really pushing the podcast had uh, podcasts with people like Patrick Bet David uh, Del- David Meltzer the list goes on and on and on but that's um, my introduction of you but I guess for people listening along here and my, my Australian audience that, that don't know you yeah tell us a bit about yourself Right on, Tim. I appreciate that, man. Thanks for having me on your show, too, man. I'm excited to jam with you today. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version, and, you know, we could unpack more if, if, if needed and if you want to. But um, I, I grew up without uh, my dad. He died when I was seven. I never had a father figure after that. Um, and so I always did things to try to fit in with, with other people and try to be accepted. And I mean, we all do it to an extent. This is how we're wired because our biggest fear next to death is we're social animals and being outcasted from the tribe. is one of our biggest fears, but I, I took it a little bit overboard, man. And I made a bunch of, you know, bad decisions growing up, started doing drugs when I was nine years old. Um, and then by the time I was 19, I went away to prison. I did four years flat in prison the first time. Um, that's a whole nother story in and of itself. But uh, I got out though and I, I, I wanted to do good and, and didn't want to go back to prison. And I ended up getting a job uh, as a bar at a bar and grill as a cook. And then I got a job at a sales uh, on the sales team at a clothing store. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm finally putting my past behind me, all this stuff. And then I got fired two days later uh-huh. after I got the promotion. Yeah. They, they, they gave me a promotion cause I, I crushed it on the sales team. And then, and then they're like, oh, you're a convicted felon. You got to kick rocks. And so um, uh, instead of just, yeah, dude, instead of just uh, taking it and rolling with it and finding other opportunities, I threw a pity party, started feeling sorry for myself, did all the wrong things, became an alcoholic, got a DWI, and I went back to prison just 20 days before my twin sons were born. And Tim, that was it, bro. That was the moment that I decided to turn my life around right there in that jail cell. And I said, I don't, I don't. I don't give a shit what it takes. Can you cuss on your show, by the way? My yeah, head. of course, man. Like, I, I, I try not to because I got to keep my reputation <laughs> as, a, as a nice guy. Um, but no, no, I guess can do whatever they want. Yeah. And I'll swear right. as well. Don't worry. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm not, I slipped out not, and I forgot to ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, no, that's cool. Like, all, all it means is you just change it to explicit in the, you know, when you upload the thing, it's not, it's not a big deal. Um, right on. And actually, my 
uh, education, my English education. I did um, what was called English language and it was more about, um, in high school, it was more about actually studying language and we did this whole section on swearing and it's being used as more of an emotive tool. So it actually gets your point across a lot better. So people that get offended by swearing, I just, I don't know, there's a time and place for it. Like if you're saying it every second word, like I get that argument, but if it's used for emotion, which you just did, yeah <laughs> right on you know so you know fuck it <laughs> <laughs> right on cool dude um yeah man I, I was like dude i don't care what it takes i'm gonna do what it takes to get back home well long story short i got out eight months later got into entrepreneurship not because it's the cool thing to do it was like for real like one of the only avenues that i could go down that would give me some type of fulfillment and meet the standards that i had set for myself and so I got into that and did, dude, I, I, for, for the next four and a half years after getting out, didn't make any money, was running into brick walls, um, constantly. Um, and then I, then I launched the podcast. So, and th- dude, that blew up, uh, third day, got it ranked on Apple next week. I had Billy Gina's marketing on the show and it's just been crazy growth ever since. And then about a year after that, I broke through in my business and from, that moment of March 2019 to October 2019 in that eight month span, I built a six figure business and now here we are early part of 2020 and uh, you know, things are, are really going good now. There's a lot of growth happening and it's just, yeah, man, I'm, I'm really grateful for where I'm at right now in life. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, I'm fascinated with this um, sort of stigma employers have over prison like you you got fired from a job because you had a prison record even though your results were you got a promotion because of your results so they're ignoring the results because of your past and you know how much does that hurt really like you're judging you off something that you you know you did as an 18 year old or you did as a 21 year old you you know and it might not have even been a charge that would represent their business it's just Oh, I, you know, I didn't pay my fine, so I had to go to prison or I didn't, you know, I had a DUI on something and that meant I broke my parole, you know, and, and how does that sort of feel when somebody's judging you on, on a past action that doesn't represent you as a person right, right now? Yeah. Uh, so you hit a, uh, you hit a hot topic with me, dude. Uh, Sorry, dude. <laughs> no, it's good. It's cool. I love talking about this. So you're exactly right. So I'm not taking away any of the responsibility from someone that puts themselves in prison because they did that to themselves. They made that decision. They put themselves there. All right. I get that. But like you mentioned, man, there's people that go to prison and then they learn from their mistakes because we all make mistakes and we, and some of us learn from them. Some of us don't, and they change their ways. However, um, here in, in, in America specifically, um, we have the highest recidivism rate in the world. Recidivism is based on, in, in the U.S., after three years from getting out of prison, do you go back? And that's only off of three years in prison. So these numbers are actually kind of skewed. They're a lot higher than what they are because you got to think about the people coming out of prison that end up dying because they go back to the same lifestyle or the people that come back after three years. You know, there's a lot more that are actually going back. So the, the, the problem with it is, man, is that that X walks around with you for the rest of your life. Once you're a convicted felon, even after you walk down your parole you're, and here in the U S you're not getting a good job anywhere. If you're a convicted felon, um, even if you have changed your ways or whatnot. And so one thing that I, that I, that I'm, I, I building, I actually hired our first convicted felon, but um, 
I got this program. It's like, it's like I'm testing it myself first, but I'm turning it into a legit business. It's like my like whole like life work is what I want to pour into it. Um, but how, we're going to scout and, and vet people coming out of prison and the people that are ready to turn their life around, people that were like me, guys and gals that are serious about, you know, becoming more and becoming productive members of society. We give them a job because you can't even get a job right out the gate and they start learning these skills, right? And so they're immediately able to provide for the family because the, the system here in America is rigged. It's set up on, it's, it's all about money for one. And then it's designed to keep you dependent on the system. It doesn't teach you how to fish. It gives you a fish. Mm. We're talking about welfare, food stamps, food assisted stamps. living. Yep. Yeah. Here in Australia, it's called New Start. Um, yeah, they give a person, even, even the, I've got a mate who's, who was homeless. Um, and basically his, his cliff note story is he was homeless. He then um, learned how to draw, learned how to be a graphic designer and then started freelancing. And then he built a business up from there. And, and when a homeless person asks him for money, he looks at him, he you know, touches him on the shoulder and he goes, mate, I've been in your position before. If I give you money, that's actually not going to help you. You're just going to go and do that the next day and the next day. Instead, sit down with me. I'll talk to you for 20 minutes. And this is how I got out of, out of homelessness. So instead of he does that very thing, he teaches him how to fish rather than his 50 bucks to go and you know, buy Exactly, some food. dude. Yeah. yeah, man. That's, that, that's giving people power right there. You know, that's empowering somebody versus, like you said, you just give them the 50 bucks and you go, it keeps continuing doing the same things. That's all he knows, right? <laughs> um, yeah, man. So the systems, it's just all messed up, man. And, and, and it's designed to keep you dependent on the system to keep coming back through the revolving doors. Mm. And so, um, yeah, it, it's hard because it works for a certain amount of people. Like it's in place, um, you know, welfare, food, stamps. like it, it, it helps people give a leg up. But it's, I think it's all of this support. It's meant for one of the best things I've, I've heard a politician say. It's the only good thing I've ever heard a politician say. Um, I'm not political by any means, but he's like, these programs are meant to be a platform and a springboard for you to then just go on to better things. Um, but yeah, it's 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 hard when it's when people use it in in the wrong ways. Um, but yeah, I think that's what you're getting to. Yeah, no doubt, man. Yeah, it's just it's just a big problem. I see. So our whole mission with it, man, is this is what I'm building. I haven't done it exactly yet, but I'm running my first guy through it or whatnot. Awesome. Yeah, we get get them get them out, get them a job. Boom, you immediately paying your family because because the programs that are uh, the resources that are given people here in the U S that it's, it's, it's bullshit, bro. It, it, it does. I went through this stuff myself. It doesn't help you out. It's taught to somebody by somebody you can't even relate to. And then the, the, the curriculum is like, dude, what is, why, why do I have to come to this class? It's like not mm -hmm. doing anything for me. And so when they get out, they got to find bus rides or whatever to get to these classes that don't help. And it's taking away the time that they could be working and providing for the family. So boom, we give them a job. Boom. They got, money coming in right away and they're starting to develop their skills and they also have to go through uh, specific books and programs that are going to actually develop real tangible hard and soft life skills that are going to that that a lot of them that aren't even taught in our school systems mm -hmm. that are going to help you you know how to how to how to figure out your, your what it is that you want to actually do how to set and achieve goals how to how to how to sell how to all these things right and so, um, you know, they go through that. And then for the guys and gals that are cut out to be entrepreneurs, boom, they'll be able to 
jump out the nest and go do their own thing. And for the guys and gals that aren't, they'll be able to continue working for us or other entrepreneurs that we match them up with doing jobs that match their strengths that they love and that are able to provide for their family. So that's the mission, man. That's That's where we're heading. That's amazing. And that really speaks to the sign behind you under underdog empowerment. I mean, you're giving these people that are underdogs, you know, this empowerment and actually something that I, I might bounce off you for this. I think a really cool job, especially if you look at it in a black and white case, especially for someone who's been in prison and even a drug dealer, um, they would be so good at sales and marketing. You know, <laughs> that would be so good. If, if uh, it's a joke of a friend of mine, and I say, if, if, and I think Gary Vaynerchuk said this once, he, he goes, if, if a drug dealer spent the same amount of time figuring out how to sell like a legitimate business or like a legal business, um, they would earn so much more money with such less risk associated with it. But in prison, correct me if I'm wrong, like you've got to learn how to sell as well. Like there's, there's rules to things. Um, you know, ramen and trading and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, you have some sales skills even if you come out of prison, right? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, how I spent my time in prison, I would uh, write sports tickets for one of the sports, uh, you know, owners uh, there. So like what that is, is where um, they have, you know, your commissary, your uh, canteen and stuff, stuff that you could buy at the store, like your your ramen noodles like you mentioned or cigarettes or whatever and they would open up these sports tickets that people could bet on and take the line like oh i'm gonna take i'm gonna take philadelphia plus four against Mm -hmm. new england or whatever whatever it is right and so um and you'd have to pick four or whatever and get all four right and if you hit you you, so anyways what i would do is i would write tickets for them where i got 10 percent of all the tickets i'd write i'd make my money that way i also ran a store where um people would come to me to get like a honey bun and then they'd have to pay me back two honey buns on store day. Um, and so I'd make my money that way. And then I'd take it all to the poker table and lose it all uh, and get my head cracked uh, 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 no. <laughs> and then I had to hustle back up again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're still learning, right? That's your, that's your learning process. You're like, no, no, no. I'm still going to do some of the bad habits. And, but then you, you, when did you realize that taking it to the gambling table was the wrong idea? Uh, I mean, I knew it was wrong when I kept getting my head cracked, but I just kept going back because it's addicting, bro. And I, at the time, I wasn't like, you know, I was still in my my rebellious stage or whatnot. Um, but yeah, that's where I got my thrill and my fun and excitement was going on the gambling table and, and losing all my money because there were some sharks in there. I'll tell you what, man. Oh yeah, they they'd be they know how to they know how to play for sure. <laughs> I got a little, I got decent at it after getting my head cracked so many times, but man, there's some yeah. guys in there that are grade A psychology, like dominant, will read you like an open book, it will crush you on that poker table. Yeah, damn, damn, that's hard. And then I guess it's funny because you've got, well, not funny, but um, interesting because you've got that added motivation of, okay, I'm going to lose money, but then there's also the cracking of your head that, that comes in with not wanting to lose as well. So it's yeah. an interesting game of poker. Um, I'd, I'd love to talk about, um, so you got, you got fired because of the, the prison stuff. And then what was that point at which you gone, nah, I'm going to start a business because this is the only way I can be, I can be hired. I've got a sort of similar, not in terms of, prison but um 
with my my mental health. So I, I'm fairly open on this podcast. I diagnosed with manic depression, um, mainly deal with the depression um, as as something that affects me more. But because of that, sometimes and and it shouldn't be a thing that I bring into a job interview. But sometimes because of that, you can feel like you're judged because of because of it. Um, I've had amazing bosses in the past where where I've told them and they've been accepting, and that's that's a different story. But I'm saying now I'm going up against twenty other people, and and that could be a thing that 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 comes into it. And you know, for me, it was well, I can even go through this process of applying to all these jobs, and you know, I'm pretty good at marketing, so you know, I'm I'm happy to get a job, but I I, I don't want that judgment, so screw it, I'm going to start my own business. Um, apart from also being passionate about it and having purpose and all of that. But for you, was it similar in terms of, uh, no, nah, I don't want to go back into the job market. Let's start a business. So what was that, that motivation like? And then what was yeah, your first business that you started? Yeah, man, really great question. Um, so and I'm going to unpack it as best. As yeah. I, I went on for a bit there, but <laughs> no, you're good. No, 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 it's good. Um, so I've always had like that entrepreneurial spirit. Like, all right, this is funny. Um, when my first job was at McDonald's and I lasted, I think almost half a shift. And then I pulled uh, a scar face off of the movie half bake where I was like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. You I'm out or whatever. And <laughs> cause it, it wasn't my thing. And then all throughout my teens, I always did jobs. Um, and, and, sales like where i was like going door to door selling uh thermal window siding gutters um whatever i was selling basement finishing systems um Much selling respect. yeah yeah Much selling do we I, I even worked as uh uh selling meat uh these steaks off the back of a pickup truck going door to door or whatever Th- those were always the jobs that i that i did well yeah. in because i I liked communicating with people and being able to figure out if there was a need and being able to provide that solution. But, um, so I always had that. Um, but I didn't know about entrepreneurship or whatever. I even used to sell like t-shirts and stuff when I was in the music scenery and hosting events and stuff. So I always had that in me. But, um, the moment though, for me was when I went back to prison and I made that decision to turn my life around. So I had eight months to sit there and think about like, well, how am I going to provide for my kids when I get out? What am I going to do? And I was like, I already know from experience that I'm not going to be able to get a job in corporate America. That's just not going to happen. Um, and if I do get a job, it's going to be a really shitty, low paying job. It's not going to be much. It's going to be under the table and it's, you know, it's going to be a struggle. And I was like, I don't want that. I want something that I could thrive in that I can create a life in. And so my initial plan, and that's where it came about, but my initial plan at the time, uh, this was in, in 2014, and at the time, I'm from Ferguson, Missouri, and I don't know if you remember that, but the Michael Brown situation that happened, they made it like mm-hmm. like like there was like an Afghanistan war in Ferguson, Missouri, which there wasn't, but, but the, you know, and so I'm like, man, this sucks that all this shit had to happen, like, and I know my, my neighborhood's not as bad as the media is putting it out to be, they're, they're taking this way out of proportion, but uh, whatever, I was like, I'm going to get out. And I'm going to create these wristbands and these uh, T-shirts that say I heart Ferguson on them and I'm going to sell them door to door. It's a hell of a business model. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got so much respect for door to door sales. Like I've, my first job was telemarketing and I love telemarketing. I love cold calls. But yeah, door to door is just that, that level up that's like, man, that's cold calls taken to the extreme. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can get a lot more phone calls in than walking door to door or whatnot. Exactly. Uh, 
but both both of those are brutal <laughs> <You know? laughs> we're both uh, crazy people apparently <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but uh that was that was the game plan bro and you know you, you know it's everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth i think that's what mike tyson says his quote but uh that was the plan coming out never did fall through i ended up starting off in network marketing when i got out did that for a little bit for oh, a <laughs> yeah not my thing <laughs> no, not my thing if i um because i'm because of marketing degree sales people people know that i'm a salesperson and a marketer i just get messages every day about it and it's like <laughs> I've, I've felt victim to the the friend catch up um, it turns into a sales pitch. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, but but look, it works for some people, uh, you know. Um, but uh, I can see it would be a job that or a business that would attract a lot of ex people that have been in prison or people that can't get jobs because barrier to entry is quite low. Um, and it looks like you've got this system in place, so you don't have to be a creative person to come up with your own marketing. Um, you've got an already structured business there. You've got a whole bunch of people. They sell the the conventions and whatnot. So I can see why you went that way. Um, and I guess that was one of the reasons. Yeah, well, um, when I got out, I was trying to find a job uh, under the table paying jobs. I knew I wasn't going to get one in corporate America to fund this T-shirt and wristband yeah. business idea. And um, I couldn't get a job even there. Like it just wasn't that yeah, I was, and I was, man, I was doing five to 20 applications every single day. Like I was on it, dude. Right. Mm. And uh just wasn't finding anything. Well, about two months after I got out, um, a guy hit me up about network marketing at the time. I didn't even know what network marketing was. So you couldn't even scare me off with the word pyramid scheme. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, it was, it was, I was like, dude, let's do it. And, um, and, and, and I got in and I built, I did, I, I had built up almost 2000 a month residual income within six months in, wow. like I was, I was doing it. Like I was making it happen. Um, but it wasn't my thing. I lost my passion for it. I was mm. burning. I was, you know, there's good industries out there and there's bad in, or there's good network marketing companies out there and bad network marketing companies out there. Mm. Just like there is with every, there's good people out there, bad people, there's good company or industries, bad industries. So, I was just in the company where they taught me to just blow through a list and try to get oh, people man. to join your product. And I was burning relationships and it just didn't jive. And so I finally was like, I'm done. I'm going to go create my own thing or what? Did you go back and fix those relationships when you, when you got out? Like, did you be like, Oh man, I'm so sorry. Like do any of those, like even like more so the closer ones, like the close friends that you pushed, did you go back and like fix them? Yeah, dude, I hit up a lot of people, like not every single person that, cause I was, dude, I was, yeah, you were having like, it. Yeah. Trying yeah. to go run through some stuff, but a lot of the people like I'll come up like, dude, you know, that was such douchey, man. I didn't, you know, I really didn't know anybody, but Hey, you know, that's my fault. And I, you know, hopefully that we could still be cool and shit. You yeah. Know, and was the response on that? Was this, the response on that really good? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Any, unless the person is just a, a scumbag, man, if you go and you say, hey, I made a mistake, that's my fault, I learned from it, I hope that we can still have a relationship, you know, you're being a genuine human being at that person at that point, and so most people will, you know, be able to look past that and, and still ride with you or whatnot. Because mm. I've found that uh, um, one of the things I do when I go for a depressive episode is I'll stop talking to people because um, I just lose my communication. So as a podcaster, to lose communication, quite hard. Um, but yeah, but, um, you know, I'll, people would have asked me to do tasks and I'll just 
disappear because I can't handle things going on. And um, but what I found is, and this has been a learning lesson for me, when I reach back out to those people again and I go, look, hey, I'm, I'm sorry I dropped the ball on that. Um, mental health took over and I just really couldn't couldn't deal. And, and I, I've found the same thing. People are usually pretty genuine in terms of if you yeah, raise your hand up and go, I'm sorry, that was a mistake. Um, all you got to do is let people know, you know, and, and I think that's where that awesome conversation that you're talking about can happen where unless the person's a scumbag, um, they'll, they'll really, you know, look after you and go, yeah, it's fine, man. Like, thanks for letting me know. So that's really powerful. Right on, my man. Absolutely. Cool. I'd, I'd love to um, transition into podcasting. Um, so we're, we're two podcast nerds here. I've, I've been basically doing this myself since I was 18. I'd um, walk into marketing offices and shit CEOs and hit them up on LinkedIn and be like, can I interview you? And I'd just go with like a notepad. Um, and, and, you know, the first one I did was with this chief operating officer at Wyburn TVWA. They do the marketing for, well, at the time they did marketing for Apple, um, AFL, which is Australian football rules. Um, they did stuff for like yeah, big, big companies with their agency. And um, he's like, yeah, I'll give you half an hour. And he ended up giving me two hours of his time. So mm. I just, you know, kept having these conversations. Fast forward to 20 18 you know you can buy recording equipment for pretty cheap these days if you want to start a podcast like literally i took a zoom h5 recorder and just stuck it in between the middle of two of us and off i went um (laughs) but but you uh started this podcast and yeah we've got some real traction but let's have a jam session on podcasting because i know um both of us are really into teaching people how to do it and you've got a real cool system um there under your brand and business but what do you think especially at the moment where every man and his dog wants to start uh, no pun intended underdog every man and his dog (laughs) (laughs) wants to start a podcast um what do you think are the key things people know, need to know before going into it? Yeah, twofold right there. Um, because everybody, it's, it's right now, it's starting to get really, really popular. Mm. It's still unsaturated, all right? But, and you'll hear this a lot, but like in any industry, but I'm going to tell you the reason why this is true, what I'm about to say. If you're th- thinking about it, be like, I don't know, but because it's going to say, get in now. Because it's, look, there's there's less than a million active podcasts right now per Nielsen Research, which is stats and facts data. Um, right now on Apple, there's less than a million. It's like 800,000 active podcasts. All right. Compare that to the millions of YouTube channels and the millions of blogs out there. It's a way less saturated space to stand out in. Look, I got into podcasting because anytime I tried to collaborate with any entrepreneur, anytime I tried to do anything, nobody took me seriously. Nobody gave me the time of day. I was just an ex-convict turned entrepreneur afterthought. And because of that, I was pissed, man. And I started this podcast, Underdog Empowerment, for selfish reasons, first and foremost, to fill up my cup, to get myself out of that label there, put me in, and also empower other underdog entrepreneurs. And so I launched a podcast, got ranked on day three. Next week, had Billy Jean is marketing on the show. And it's been crazy ever since. So I literally went from one week and one week's worth of time, nobody wanting anything to do with me, giving me any type of time of day, to interviewing celebrities yeah, all man. through all through podcasting. So it's, it's, 
it's the game changer. It's the perfect networking tool. Like you mentioned, you're able to, to, to interview the COO that was working with Apple and stuff, dude. Like it, it gets you in there with those people that you would never be able to contact or get in there with any other way. Um, it's it's uh, a lead generator. People get to get to come listen to your podcast, get to really know, like, and trust you and hear your thoughts, views, and perspective on things. And if they, they like what you have to talk about, they become loyal fans and then they can opt into your email list and your program services, whatever. Um, it's just, it's, 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 it's amazing, man. It's such a, because uh, if you look at any marketing funnel, so I'm going to go into a marketing nerd brain right now. Any mm-hmm. marketing funnel, good marketing funnel starts with a lead generator, a, a, a hook of anything that grabs attention and gets people in. And often that's a free thing, right? And if you can have that as your podcast and have that as your in, it's so powerful, so powerful. I mean, I've, I've published 26 episodes now. Um, I started out the gate really quick, but again, um, health issues took over. So I had a period of inactivity, but that's fine. Like I missed my window of opportunity on the new and noteworthy because of that. So damn <laughs> stupid Tim. Um, <laughs> but, um, it gives you that real opportunity. I've got 27 episodes out now and you know, I've got about 10 in the bank that I'm going to be, you know, two, I'm aiming at two a week now. So putting out two a week and, um, essentially it gives you the opportunities off the back end of these podcasts are, are insane because it gives you an in, it gives you, gets you in the door and it gets you having these conversations with business owners, leaders, for providers that just, just are insane. And I'm sure the things you've, you've interviewed, you know, I know I saw you at Patrick Bet David's, you know, the other day and just hearing what he has to say would have been mind blowing. Right. Dude, that was, uh, it, it was man. Um, he, <laughs> He he's one of those guys I got so much respect for because I mean he came came to America with as an immigrant with absolutely nothing as a refugee and built a hundred million dollar empire you know what I mean and uh and and then the stuff that he's so he's so sharp and so on point so actionable advice what he gives and stuff but it was it was incredible but like you mentioned though man like stuff like that being able. What that does, I, I went and interviewed him in person at, at, at uh, Valuetainment. And so I get the video and now I'm aligning my brand, my face with Patrick Bet David. Yeah. And there's there's millions of people that know that follow his stuff. And so now I get to associate my brand with that. And what that does is a whole lot of things for one. But if you have a, a an offer that's already converting, um, like because that's a whole nother rabbit hole there. But if you got an actual offer that's legit and it actually solves problems and people are willing to pay money for it. If you already have that in place, cause that's hard to actually find that when you first get started. Oh yeah. But if you have that, whenever you start consistently interviewing these high level guests like Patrick, bet David, it makes selling that offer. That's already converting a hundred times easier. A mm, hundred exactly. times easier. It's, it's social proof. That's what it is. It's just yeah. mega social proof scaled at, at such a scale, which is really, really awesome. Um, I'd love to, because people often ask me this question because I'm out there doing podcasts almost every day and they say, well, how do you get guests on? Like, what are you, and then how are you getting, so I got um, Jim Penman on. I don't know if you know who Jim Penman is. He, he does a bit of stuff in America. He's bigger in Australia. He's the, the largest franchise owner um, here in Australia. He runs Jim's mowing, Jim's cleaning, Jim's dog wash, Jim's freaking everything he's got like 50 arms of stuff that he does Mm -hmm. he he knocks back something like 180,000 leads a year because his business is so popular um 
and which is insane. And you know, if you talk to any small business owner, their problem is leads. This guy's problem is not leads. Mm. Um, but I got him on the show based on I saw a TikTok video of yours, or maybe an Instagram video, where you were just like, you know, reach out to people and just ask them. You know, it's it's the classic sales thing. Just ask. Same thing. How I got you on this show, I, I consumed your content on TikTok first because I'm a millennial. Um, and yeah, TikTok then moved over to Instagram. I was like, oh, okay, this guy's this guy's got got depth. It's not just the TikTok stuff. This is cool. And then I just and then you said just reach out to people. So I was like, all right, let's test this formula on Zachary and go. Hey, do you want to come on my podcast? And you got back to me within two days or so, or the day, and said, yeah, just talk to my PA and we'll set something up. And here we are today. But so that's my answer to long-winded answer to how do you get guests on the show is you just look at people you respect, tell them why you respect them and then ask if they want, if they want to come on your show. That's, that's my formula. Um, but yeah, do you have a different formula or do you just sort of echo that? Really simple, man. There's really no right or wrong way to do. I mean, well, yeah, there's definitely wrong ways to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> right, right, right. I, I had to stop myself for there, but, yeah. but there's, there's, different ways to approach that will work. You know what I'm saying? There's not like a cookie cutter model, you know, uh, that works. That's the only way to do it or whatever. But I'll tell you what I like to do and what's really worked well for us and all of our clients that we uh, do the booking for. Um, the first, think about it. So like, say you're hitting up Patrick Bet David, all right? It, it, you're, you, you can't get directly through to him because he's at such a high level where he has gatekeepers and stuff. So even if though you were getting through to him, you got to imagine this is true for him and his gatekeepers. They get blasted with people reaching out to him all the time, right? Mm -hmm. It's it, they, so they have a, and they have a really good vetting process in place. So if you reach out to them and you send them this autobiography message it's extremely long thing your life story and everything right <laughs> the the gatekeeper or him or whoever is, yeah they're gonna open it they're gonna get anxiety and freak out because it's too much and they're not even gonna read it and they're gonna they're gonna close it um i even do that sometimes man it's just because it's like holy shit that's too much i got way too many things going yeah. on just hit me with this i, I you know and it, yeah it's but too it, much yeah, but if like, you're just, you know, with you know, with sorry to jump in, but you know, with TikTok, if you if you zoom, I, I built a 20k following account. It's called Rescue Turtle, and you just get overwhelmed with the, with the community <laughs> management. But so yeah, if you come into someone's DM with this big thing, yeah, you're gonna lose. So yeah, dude, exactly. <laughs> it's too much, man. And so what you do is you just keep it really, really, really short and straight to the point. I, I'm not. I'm not sure how it is in Australia, but I know a lot of people here in the U.S. They, they talk about nonsense, dude, and they 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 ramble on and and sugarcoat and and they don't they're not blunt. They don't get straight to the point. And and anybody that's like a, a Patrick Bet David level, whatnot, they appreciate straight to the point, straightforward talk. You know, I and. I just feel like that's just a great way to communicate anyways. But um, anyway, so get straight to the point. Say, I would say, I think this is our first pitch to the T because I don't, I don't do the pitching anymore. I used to though. And I optimized it to where it's at now, but it's like, Hey man, I want to interview on my top rated podcast. You're a perfect fit for my audience. Hey, can we make this happen? Can we get you booked? Thank you. Talk soon. Yeah. Literally. Or, 
I'll, I'll put my marketing brain on that. The only twist that I would say, and you obviously don't need a twist on it, but I'd be like, how, my question is, um, what's the process to make this happen or how can we make this happen? Or, um, yeah, I, I'll basically follow that as well. You know, I've been tempted, especially with that Jim, Pen- having done the Jim Penman episode, I think I've made this mistake. I have then talked a little bit about that. I've gone, you know, I interview people like Jim Penman or, dropping names you know is there a place for that or do you think that's then getting into long-winded territory yeah no no no. that's great um so that's in our second pitch so the first one's real short sweet to the point and then our follow-up the follow-up's a little bit longer it's where you explain it's not a super long autobiography it's still really concise and to the point but it's showing them all the reasons why they should come on your show, the benefits for them. So you do a little bit of name dropping, like you mentioned. You do, uh, you know, hey, I'm ranked on Apple. Hey, we're getting X amount of downloads per month. Hey, um, you know, I want to promote everything that you got going on to my audience of all these downloads that we got going on. And um, you all, I always hit them with that one sentence credibility builder is what I call it. And so mine, and everybody's got one. Yours is definitely probably not the same. It's not the same as mine because I, mm. I, but, but, but I'll, I'll, I'm going to uh, reverse engineer how you can come up with your own. But my one sense credibility builder is, um, hey, I did over five years of my life in prison, then built a six-figure business. You can learn more about me here. And it points mm. to Underdog Empowerment uh, website. And so you could say, depending on whatever it is that you're, whoever's listening, like whatever that situation, you might not have like that crazy prison story, but you might have a crazy story, a stark contrast. I went from X to Y, whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, and if you don't, you can, there's something interesting about you that is, that makes you unique and that people would want to get around you about. So you got to figure that out. That one sentence credibility builder, maybe it's a, a, a an incredible achievement that you had, whatever it is. Just a quick one thing, and then you point them back to where they can learn more about you at, and that's yeah. where you had the paragraph, the 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 autobiography. Yeah, and that's on and, and that's on your website, right? And it's that's within context, you know. And if someone wants to read that on your website, that's on your website. So that's my big bio. Don't be chucking the big bio in the sliding in the DMs, like right. You know, know the context, know know the game, know where you're playing, and I think that's what separates you apart from the rest is it's you understand people people are busy people have time like let's just have a short message even when i was setting up that interview um i was going to after we locked the date in i was going to then write another email it was a bigger it got to a bigger email just detailing my process and how i do it and you know the fact that i it's relatively unscheduled i don't prepare questions i've got stuff that i'm you know curious in asking um but i had this big email written and then i was like no no no, hang on you've already got the appointment so don't you don't need to go a step further like that's just going to scare them off if you have this big paragraph it's it's kind of almost it's almost insecurity really if you have to explain yourself in this big thing it it shows that you're a little bit insecure um perhaps No, I, I mean, I, I, I resonate with that a lot, dude. And to be honest with you, whenever people do book, like whenever that happens, like I'm going to go on an interview and they send me like this long thing of like, oh, this is going to happen this way. Da, 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 da. I don't, I don't, I never read them. I'm like, cause I, I got a lot of stuff going on and I'm like, I can come on the show and you can ask me whatever question you want and I can just answer it right then and there. Cause 
I, I like to be real and I just like, I, I will dog myself out on the show. I don't, <laughs> I do. That's a, That's another thing. It's kind of a little bit off topic, yeah. but, but I call it, it's like the slim shady principle, man. Uh, the, the, uh, eight mile movie, the, re- the reason why he won, cause he dogged himself out and if, if he dogged himself out, you couldn't say anything bad about him or whatnot. Well, so. Exactly. I mean, there's this, it, it kind of relates. there's this perfect video about how to deal with like verbal bullying. And it's like the, the person goes, you suck. And you go, yeah, I, I am. I do. Or you're ugly. Oh, that's a shame, but you're beautiful too. And like, you just <laughs> accept it. And it, yeah, when you start to fight people with stuff, it's like, nah don't uh don't do that <laughs> yeah man just just uh, yeah just underdog yourself essentially yeah <laughs> cool. yeah dude cool um i think that's actually a really really cool spot to to end it on but i've got two more questions um to ask you and it's kind of going to get into what um what you're excited about at the moment you talked about the project with prisoners but um I know just as a bit of a shout out for you as well, you've built a course as well. But um, the question is, yeah, what's coming up for you in the next sort of six to 12 months that you're super excited about um, and, and you're really pushing in, in your business that you want to achieve? Man, to be honest with you, it, it's, it's what we're doing now. Is, so I, I, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, all right? Um, but... I think I was wise enough to understand really quickly because I just broke through last year in my business, right? And a lot of people sometimes, I, I've, at least I've heard this through stories, is where the entrepreneur after they break through, they'll struggle for the next few years because they're still wearing all the hats and trying to do all the stuff mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, we recently got our chief operating officer on board because systems and operations I will, I will literally want to bash my face in a brick wall trying to do it. It's not my thing. I'm a, ah. I could, I could, here's the only hats that I can wear. CEO, sales, marketing. That's it. I don't do nothing else. This like, is I why I like you. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I like you. I'm, I'm exactly the same. I studied two years of accounting before swapping my major to marketing and this system process. No, 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 not me. So yeah, cool. Yeah, dude. And, 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 and like, so if you tried to do, the accounting it probably made you sick to your stomach made yeah, you made you hate life and you're just like and, and then you did a horrible job at it because you don't have the capacity to do it because it's just not you're in your strengths and yeah. whatnot but someone so, else out there that is their strength and they freaking love it and you know, they and love it yeah yeah dude exactly man so we got our we got our chief operating officer on board and our chief financial officer on board and so we're in scale mode and what right here on my dream board, like you guys can't see it, but I, I got vision board and not dream board, mm-hmm. I hate saying dream board. But um, on there, I got a, a photo shot. I got this dude that's a coach on this football team, and he's like leaning down talking to these two kids. And I photoshopped my head on there, and then I put my sons, both of my twin boys' names on the back. So I'm going to be coaching their uh, football team later on this year because they just oh, turned man. six. And that's yeah. what I'm really excited about this year. That's so cool, dude. That's so cool. And um, look, if anybody wants to, um, they've learned something on this show, they've, they're really inspired to follow your content, reach out to you, um, listen to your podcast as well. Um, yeah, how do people go and, go and do that? 
Right on, bro. Definitely the podcast is the best place. Obviously, me and you both are really passionate about podcasts. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's called Underdog Empowerment. You can listen to it on pretty much almost all the podcast platforms. But to make it really simple for you guys, you can go to underdogempowerment.com. And if you scroll down a little bit on the homepage, there's a red button that says subscribe. It's got iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, um, whichever one that you prefer to listen on. And, you know, you can find all my other social medias on the website too, but definitely the podcast. Hope to see you guys over there. And uh, yeah. Tim, dude, thanks for having me on your show, man. No worries, man. I'll also just give a quick shout out. The stuff this guy does on TikTok, um, watch it, especially if you're a business owner and don't know what to do. This is a guy that um, has not been forced into doing the dancing and the funny stuff, even though you do some comedy there because that's your personality. Uh, Zachary is doing some things on TikTok that's very on brand that's very um, relevant to the platform in terms of context. Sorry we didn't really get into TikTok much, but but that's another place. Um, go and follow him on TikTok. You can then go over to the Instagram. You'll then find his website as well. Um, so I'll put all of this stuff in the show notes of the episode when it goes live. Um, but Zachary, uh, thank you so much for coming on. I've been Tim, you've been Zachary, and uh, we've been talking. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. I had a blast. Dude. This was awesome. All right, there you have it, the episode with Zachary. I hope you guys got a lot of value from that and really enjoyed the show. If you want to learn more about Zachary, I'll put the links to his website, his Instagram, his TikTok, and his podcast, Underdog Empowerment, in the links below. You can go check that out and see what he does over there. Apart from that, if you guys could give me a like, review, and a subscribe on the podcast, especially a five-star written review on iTunes, really helps out the show, and I love getting the feedback from you guys listening along. It really makes my day. Apart from that, I'd love to talk now about podcast production. If you're listening along to this show and you're going, wow, I wish I could have my own podcast. I really want to start something and share my voice out there, get me recognized as a brand and an authority. This is something I'd like to help you through. An example of what we're doing with our clients is we're seeing that we're getting at least one to three months worth of video content just from one show. So it's an incredibly powerful content generation machine. So if you want to learn how to do this, you can go and join the free Facebook group I've started, How to Start a Podcast, or you can email me at tim at beantalking.com.au. I'll put the links to that all in the description below. Look forward to having a conversation with you. But apart from that, I'll see you guys in the next episode.